money. Say something, or was it just a way to make more money? Okay, well, let's just start from the top. All right, welcome to Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, people. Glad you could join us welcome today. In. Uh, it's me with uh, Grayson and Howdy. Bo. Uh, we're here to cover a few topics, uh, mainly polygonal masonry. Yes. Mm. It, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart mm. because it has piqued my interest time and time again, and I have never found an answer that is satisfying. And it's always just every time I, I, I start digging in, I feel like I'm going to uncharted waters, which oh. isn't the case with a lot. I mean, I, I tiptoe into weird UFO stuff. I tiptoe into weird Bigfoot stuff. I tiptoe into a lot of different places that, depending on what mood I'm in. But I feel like the polygonal masonry is every time I'm, I'm just like, I, I'm so much more baffled and interesting just because it's such a tangible thing mm-hmm. compared to the other stuff, which is very, yeah, believe it or wispy, not, listener, you believe it or not, listener, you, uh, interact with polygonal masonry every day in your life. Oh. Do you tell? I mean, shapes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Basic shapes. <laughs> Squares. Okay. I thought rectangles. I thought. Concrete. I mean, if you can consider concrete part of masonry, yeah, you do. But not all of that polygonal masonry that we interact with is, you know, like 5,000 years old with unexplained origins. Most of it Most now, rocks are older than that. Well, yes. But uh, <laughs> we're starting at 5,000 years. I feel like it's the most recent. That some of it, they, I feel like a lot of it can be explained to a time or a place maybe, but not a time or an origin. Like they're, they... Because so many of these ancient sites are re-inhabitation sites, right? Like, I think one of the best examples of that is the the Trilothon uh, stones at the Temple of, I think it's the Temple of Jupiter in, uh, in mm. Greece, that most of the time people go and they marvel at it because it's this giant, it's one of the only still standing ancient temples with the big columns and, you know, mm. it's amazing, it's on top of the hill and all that. But it wasn't until, like, very fairly recently that people were like that is impressive uh-huh. but look at what it's built on top of like those stone like you look at those columns i don't know if you've ever, you ever seen how they build most of those columns no they're made out of blocks that are about you know maybe two to three three thick you know as big around as you want them but they're stacked on top and then they just mold they just carve them so they look seamless right oh right and there's seams in the block yeah Right, so they can stack them as, as tall as you want, right? Yeah. Like that's how they get those big long stones. I mean, there's a that's why it's really interesting when you find them. Like in Egypt, a lot of them were one piece, and they're like seventy feet tall, mm. and they're perfectly symmetrical, like they were turned on a giant lathe. Wow! And it's like, and it even has like the tooling marks in the end where you would hold it on a ro- on a rotisserie, right? Oh, and it's wow. just like, yeah. what? I, I don't know, you know, but. But the trilithon thing is like the stones that it's sitting on are, you know, like 110 tons and it's up on top of a hill. Same with like uh, Machu Picchu. Like that one's amazing just because of where it's physically located. I mean, it's like those mountain peaks are, I mean, it makes the Rockies look like a 
bump on the road goes mountains down in the Andes. I mean, they're just sheer cliffs. Machu Picchu is one of these things where I think even if you don't even care about any of this architecture or, or stone or ancient people, even just going there, a lot of bucket lists for people, I think. I've heard it in multiple places. Yeah, we kind of go to Machu Picchu. It's like, okay. I knew a guy. I who totally went, agree. I, I knew a guy that went to Machu Picchu, and it was one of these things where you fly into the airport, and then it's a four-hour bus ride mm-hmm. to a base camp where it's a, 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 a boat to a train to a trail that it's just like it's it takes you five days to get there. It's not just like a, you drive up and it's a tourist attraction, and you're walking up goat paths. It's like a, a fifty-degree incline mm-hmm. on a stairway that's six inches wide that goes up to this, and then you're like you get up there and there's. 50 ton stones that came from three valleys away in there. What? Yeah. Yeah. I just learned that there's multiple sites. It's not just that one. There's many of those. Did you ever see the site that they have? It's not far from there, I believe, but it's a site that they thought like, if you look at it, it looks like giant steps. It looks like almost like a Roman amphitheater where it's just these levels, but they're like 15 to 20 feet high. They're clearly not steps. It's not an auditorium of some Mm -hmm. kind because it just goes out into the side of a mountain, right? You're not looking at anything like you would at a, in like one of those Roman amphitheaters. And it took them hundreds of years to figure out what they were is these shelves were to climatize the different plants so that they could, they would hardly, you know, they plant all the plants at the bottom level, whatever yams or potatoes or whatever they're trying to grow. And whichever ones were the best harvest, they take those and they move them up to the next level and whichever one of those are the health. And they keep doing that to climatize the plants that wouldn't normally grow at that altitude. Because oh, by the wow. time it got all the way up to the top oh. of the step, and they would just always be moving because they would need, you know, if you're living up in the mountains, you're not going to live off of, you got to live off of something. You because, can't keep walking down. To yeah. Get this and, so they were trying to, they were essentially genetically altering these plants by selective breeding so that they could have... Oh hardy enough plants that would grow at the high altitude so they mm-hmm. wouldn't have to go down the lower altitude so they wouldn't be at risk of being you know attacked by their enemies or whoever and it was just like what an amazing solution to that problem it wasn't just well it looks like we're gonna have to send bob because uh, i mean that's a fairly elaborate solution you know yeah just in a really general sense do you think that they were building the city as high as they could to just be as close to the heavens as they could or close high to up God, around. Sure. I mean, it, I mean, and that goes all the way back to, you know, they're, they're trying to be, you know, closer to God, higher up, all that stuff. That, that brings up an interesting point in a couple different ways because of the food and why they built it to get closer to God. Because it clearly wasn't easy. They had to climatize their really plants difficult. to get up there. One of the points I wanted to get into is what... What's interesting about part of what it was like actually a side point that I learned in doing some of the research and the examples that I found obviously were not as old as perhaps you have found in your research. Tell me about what you found. So example one is the Nabataeans and I'll, I'll pause here and allow the audience to guess where the Nabataeans are. I'm going to start by guessing. Uh, (laughs) You guys can guess as well, please. Thank you. Thank you so much. Where do you think? I'm going to guess Middle East, um, somewhere... Namibia? Yeah. No, that's North Africa. It's a a name... Mm -hmm. It's a name that, you know, these people are not around anymore. But it's the area is around the Middle East. Uh, yeah, I feel, are they the ones who built the the like cisterns at the top of the mountains, like way out in the middle of nowhere? 
I don't think so. Okay. I don't that think was it was them. Thing they are extremely famous, as highlighted in a certain movie. I'm not going to mess it, this up. Is it The Mummy starring Brandon? <laughs> I wish it was The Mummy. Because I feel like I heard it somewhere <laughs> in there. Do you want to get it? No, tell us. I it's, uh, they're, it's now, the location it is in now is the country of Jordan. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were Arabic people. Mm-hmm. They thrived from about the first century to about 400 uh, AD. So it's not a, a terribly long time they were around, but what they made is Petra. Those oh, structures okay. in Indiana Jones. Fantastic. I think three. Yes. And uh, there's the these. Crusaders of the Lost Ark, right? Yes. Are the, which one's the one with the Holy Grail? That was That's Indiana Jones two and a half. Uh, Crusaders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. That was a made for TV. Uh, beautiful, obviously beautiful structures they made. I want to show you guys this one. Are they the ones who are also responsible for that stone? Because I feel like it's not far from there. You see that's like a giant boulder on like two pedestals and it looks like it's laser beamed straight down the middle. You know it, what I'm talking I about? think that one is in Saudi Arabia. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's near Petra. Is this real? That's real. Yeah. What? So obviously it looks as if this is one of the tombs near Petra. This isn't Petra itself, but obviously you can see there's staircases ascending from the center of the building that they've carved out of pure rock. And most of these were sandstone. And that's also something that is perhaps another side point that's interesting, especially to me, because I'm doing this stuff right now, but the quality of the rock, what it is. I, I don't but they got such a good finish on such a poor quality stone. Exactly. Mean, because sandstone's so brittle. That and... What's the length of time this thing can last? Obviously, way longer than anyone that would live at that time. Well, in those, in those places, a long time because there's no erosion. Because, exactly. But there is wind erosion, but there's not water erosion. There's almost no water in it. Yeah. Which, again, if you want to talk about, like, you know, the Sphinx, we can get in. Uh, but I can okay. don't suck me into ancient Egypt. Let's, don't, let's know how I feel Egypt. about the pyramids, Bo. <laughs> I do it's, tr- it's a trigger. It is. So, like, these guys were pretty cool. Obviously, really good sculptors, really artistic, and it seems, like, very refined. And, like, I don't know, it was very, I just appreciated the whole thing. It's so fascinating because you can see the entire boulder. It's such a rough boulder, except for what they carved out of it, that you Mm -hmm. can picture where the rest of it is. Yeah. Yeah, It is almost as if they just cut it in half, Mm -hmm. moved half of it away, and then dug the face into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, I mean... It brings up, okay, so I'm going to slow myself down. These people had developed a certain way to collect water because they had to do that. Anytime you see stone structures, you're going to get a culture behind the the structure. You can't just go out and chisel into a thing and make something beautiful. As we know, it takes a long time to make this stuff. Well, it takes a whole industry of artisans. It's not just one guy goes out in the desert and says, I'm going to do this. It's a whole team of guys. Yeah. That have to be organized and mm. educated and yeah. craftsmen. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, exactly. That's but why to describe what this tomb looks like to our viewer. So for the audience, you can look this up too, and I hope you do because it's interesting. But it's basically I don't know, maybe I want to say like a two hundred foot, maybe a hundred foot boulder in the middle of the desert. Half of it's car, uh, cut off, um, and then the, they carve this beautiful tomb building in the. This the is known rest. as a facade. Is that, is that, that's probably, yeah, that sounds right. And the one that is super famous that is um, shown in Indiana Jones is, 
I believe it's called the treasury mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. It, it was either a tomb or it, it was some sort of majestic thing or a royalty thing. You know, they don't know now, but a lot of these are tombs. And so the culture has to be behind the stonework to for the stonework to exist. And what is the whole purpose of doing the carving? I also found as that that's a side point as well. Obviously, a lot of it is to essentially escape death or immortalize themselves and so that they never die or their memory is never passed on or forgotten, you know? Something that lives on. Yeah, it's it's sort of this weird thing that has lodged in humanity's mind. It's I guess it's not that weird because a lot of cultures... Why is that it. such a motivator for these, for these ancient cultures? Because it's not just the Egyptians. It's oh, well, I think all over... That. Well, yes, of course. We, I mean, it's The fragility of life. You don't you, want to die. You're sitting there, sure. you, you, you become aware of your own mortality. And, and you then think, you have the means to do it because you have an entire nation of slaves beneath you. Well, yeah. I mean, that's assuming that they were slaves. I mean, again, you don't get slaves are not the same as craftsmen. That's a big thing about the, the, you know, that's always something that goes back and forth about Egypt, too. It's like, oh, they were slaves. They just had a million slaves just dragging blocks. It's like, okay, or, you know, then they find more evidence. It's like, oh, actually, they were they were actually well-treated craftsmen that, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the details on that. I'm not sure if anyone does. And as a lot, another point, I'm not going to move too quickly through the points because I think it's worth meditating and thinking about these things for a while what <laughs> um what just based on your expertise in stone carving how long do you think this took to make 25 years 200 years it could be anywhere from 10 years to 30 years to so say say it was 65 years mm-hmm. that's an entire lifetime of a person mm-hmm. that means that if someone even if they were a pharaoh king type person at the age of 12 decided this stone block is going to be my tomb and then they lived 45 years right like that's zach you brought this up in the past it's sort of like what where's the motivation they worked on this for that many years and they didn't stop working on it even when that king died i'm just thinking maybe their kid gets the tomb you know what i mean maybe the guy the king like a family mausoleum yeah it might be that because that's been done too, right? Like mausoleums are sometimes for a married couple or the whole family. Yeah, which to me is weird. Let's all die together, or let's all. Well, that goes into. Place. I mean, that's you know our modern way of thinking, just because we're so disconnected from our family. You yeah. know, it's like back then it was you were so much closer to your family, and you want to survive. You know, through the afterlife, and it's like that. That's the whole thing with these tombs is they didn't. You know, they were probably well aware that they were not going to be able to physically survive. So how do you survive without physically being there? You make a monument that will mm-hmm. live past your age and time. And how, what is the most durable thing that you can make it out of this stone? stone. That's why it's all, yeah, it's awesome. I yeah. Think it's all this stuff. That's so why cool. it's like you're connecting with a line of craftsmen that goes from here all the way back to Tubal King. <laughs> yeah, when you work with stone, it's really... I mean, any any art form. I'm not saying stone is better because I just think it's one of the oldest art forms. Definitely one of the oldest. I mean, the thing that I think is interesting, like when you look at, like, okay, so listen, okay, yeah, we're, when when I think of polygonal masonry or fancy masonry, whatever, it is something like this. And so what we're looking at is a stone and a wall that probably weighs several tons. I don't know if that one does, but it's either way, it's got about eleven different sides. So essentially, imagine like a a stone 
puzzle piece with all straight sides, you know, not like a jigsaw puzzle piece, but just it's, it's fit into a wall like a puzzle. And imagine the tools they had at the time, which according to mainstream archaeology would tell you that they had nothing more than at that time, they wouldn't even have had copper. They would have had other stone tools to make these stones. So they're carving these stones and they go, instead of just making a block wall, or just stacking stones like we see, like you imagine castles in England, right? What they do, they went and got slate because they couldn't even be bothered to carve it most of the time because slate's already flat and they would just stack it up. Whereas these guys out in, you know, the mountains of Peru are taking these stones and carving them in such a way that it looks like you're making it out of clay because it's that easy to form, right? Like to carve all of these, you know, and you might think, well, with enough time, right? You just, just give it, they had nothing to do all day. So just, they had all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. But even then, that doesn't account for the precision of, of what we're seeing, where these stones don't just fit together, but there's a thousand stones in a wall. Like, why? what would motivate someone to spend, you know, think of the amount of time it would take to carve an 11-sided stone like that, as opposed to just putting a block And then wall. fitting every single And then fitting every other it. stone next to it. And then, this is just a random page, by the way, you know, something like this, like, these are gigantic. I mean, these are not small stones. These are 40 ton stones. And a lot of them have, you know, like something like this. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like the difficulty in making these radiuses and then making the next stone drop right into it. I mean, these, yeah, it's, yeah I know what you, I see what like, why saying. not just a square? Yeah. But again, this is a time before the wheel. This is a time before a hammer and chisel and things. These are just like, again, that's where you have to start questioning the timeline of like, this is not the work of a, essentially a, of hunting, gathering caveman with the mm-hmm. timeline where, you know, that this thing dates to that. It's like, if you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to figure out the hardest possible way, but I'm going to do it amazingly well. They don't find a lot of like working up to this. I mean, that's the thing that's interesting is the older, farther you go, you find stuff like this because the closer you get to our time, I mean, like I said, you get the castles, the, the giant stoneworks. Sure. You got the cathedrals and things, but I mean, think of like all the castles. I mean, you guys have seen the castles. They're not, they're not built to this quality. Most of them are stone and mortar, so they didn't want to. They didn't have the skill to. Because I mean, if you're a king and you got all these people working for you, you you're, you want this, right? Like you don't care how hard it is, just do it. There wasn't a craftsman on earth that could do it a thousand years ago, but five thousand years ago, or however old that is, there was somebody. And and these sites like this exist all around the world. Mm-hmm. Like this is that you can go to Japan, you can go to South America, you can go to the Philippines, and the oldest structures. You can go to Easter Island even. That's the platform that the Moai stand on is built with this kind of polygonal masonry. That makes no sense that not just one place people were so motivated for whatever reason to carve stones in the most unimaginably difficult Do you think in the way. very bare bottom or origins, it started with someone grabbing a stone, setting it on the ground, grabbing a stone, flipping it over, flipping it over, flipping it over until they found a side that kind of that something was close enough fit that they to made it, it work. and then they were like, "Well, if I knocked off this edge, then I could actually." But the thing is, is if you could do this, and then then you, then you have the skill it. that it doesn't matter what the stone is shaped like, because if you can get this level of precision, you clearly have whatever tools you are using enable you to carve to such a degree that it's irrelevant. You know, and they also have a nice. Is that a bezeling? Is that what yeah? It's, it's beveled in. I have a theory. I'm do just going to break it wide open. I'm just going to lay it on. I mean, like, look at that stone. Can you imagine carving that? And, like, That's just silly. I mean, just you're just showing off. You're just that showing has off. to have been bragging, bragging rights. But 
but that's the thing is like yeah i don't understand i was gonna i'm gonna say it anyway what my theory is but i don't i can see how it doesn't my theory doesn't make sense now so there's this specific thing that they find are they not held together with mortar no it's just the pieces no that's the thing they don't need mortar because they're so perfectly fit and the thing is it's not they they found like so there was an earthquake one year in in south america and it actually separated some of these stones because nobody's ever like looked between them and that's the the hypothesis for a long time was that they just the hypothesis for a long time was that they somehow just carved the face of the stones right like they just like you know it's only skin deep kind of thing but then when this wall made separated they could see that it was a full three-dimensional that, the, you know, like it wasn't even just, they weren't carving the stone straight. It was like it had a bow in it and the next one had a bow in it. And it's like it was basically 3D matched to, uh, with 100% connection across the whole thing. Like it, it's just unbelievable. That is amazing. It looks amazing. But this is my theory is that if you have a piece of granite and you have another piece of granite and you scrape them together long enough, you're going to get them meeting at exactly the same point there's they're removing material from both objects so how would you get a corner though you remove an you take you take a fairly square object and you keep scraping one of the sides but you don't scrape the corner i know some of these corners it doesn't make any sense at all i can't explain it there's got to be more than one technique to each sure i think maybe that's true as well I was trying to find that there's like these keystones in these two where you get these tiny the beautiful beveling too is is really amazing to me that they they're showing off mm-hmm. I mean yeah you don't like something like this or like that that's what I'm saying like you're not struggling to do that when you're at the point you can do that you do it because you can not because mm-hmm. you're striving like that is that just shows a level of mastery you know sure. yeah it is definitely so that means I that think, they had yeah. to have gotten to a point where they could do it quickly yeah, I mean, the the thing is, too, that these were all built. So another hypothesis is, is that they were built in generally, like, seismic areas. And that they've stood this test of time shows that this way of making all these basically nonlinear shapes makes it so that when they shake, a regular wall will fall apart, right? If you just got bricks, I mean, even now our buildings fall apart, right? Those rocks, they'll shake and then they'll settle back in because of the shape so it's like they almost settle stronger so they looked at a problem and figured out a way to do it with no additional resources right like it wasn't like we're look at how we try and design buildings we got all these when you i mean you're a builder bo you know so seismic standards of all the ways we try and overcome that great we're, we're, we're still trying to figure it out these guys figured it out thousands of years ago and their buildings are still standing if we stop maintaining our building how long would they last maybe 10 years maybe 10 years before they just fall apart so it's like who was smarter you know, like we think we're smarter because we have iPhones. Yeah. I mean, like I, I would say these people, if they wanted to make a phone, you know, <laughs> they would be better off. They just wouldn't because they know it makes you dumber. Yeah. But then there is another thing. Like you see these, they call them protuberances, these little nubs that they don't know what they're there for. They don't know if it was part of lifting okay. it or. Oh, wow. Okay. So they've, yeah. So that is definitely planned. Right. And so that's the same thing. You find, wherever you find these polygonal mason walls all around the world, they always have these protuberances, China, Japan. They do? Yeah. They, they should, they have these protuberances in them. And uh, that's for climbing. I mean, whatever it, it is, it's just like consistent. like a means of lifting. Like giving you it some wrap kind of rope around it. Yeah. So. I forget what the name of the okay so what's amazing too is that they're not even similarly weighted stones like obviously there's one 
There's a few that are about the same size, but then there's one that's about 10 times bigger, right in the middle of those. Yeah. It's not like they went, okay, well, this wall is going to be all medium size, and then we'll do a few big ones over here. It's like a mishmash. Like they just walked up to a boulder and said, all right, we're putting this one in, now start hacking at it. Yeah, they, yeah, beveled it. Like they had a sense of art. Hmm. A very strong sense, I would say, and they're very precise. I mean, they're beautiful, right? Yeah, like, this is not stunning. the work of people who didn't care or strictly utilitarian means of... Um, That's the other thing with stone. I mean, you you aim to make something beautiful. You Because if it's going to be there forever, you don't want it to be ugly. So, <laughs> like, look at but is that the, was that the mentality? I mean, this yeah, is all speculation. Do you think that they were going, this is going to be here forever, this is my legacy? Or do you think they were going... We figured out a fast way to make these stones, so let's make some shelter. Both. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you have the technology to build a, st- if, if that's the level of intricacy that you're putting into a wall or the foundation for your building, imagine what the rest of it looks like. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they can have the technology and the, the thought process to say these. These are just going to fall down if we just stack rocks on top of each other, right? Like every, like you see in the Middle Ages. Like they weren't really worried about a whole lot of engineering. It was very sure. much like, I guess, you know, let's build a castle, right? But you look at that, and that was five layers ahead of thinking about what this is going to do, how it's going to respond, is it going to work, and then figuring out the process to do it. You know, it's just like the layers involved in what you're seeing is clearly the work of some ancient masters. And then you don't see, just like when, when like Rome fell, right? Like they had indoor plumbing they had they had fast food essentially you know they have like when they mm-hmm. when they you know have you ever seen that where they show like the the food stadium the food vendors next to the stadiums it looks just like it does today you know it's like <laughs> and then we don't see that again for 1500 years before basically london england area started building civilization back up again they're like and then they didn't have a sewer so and they didn't like, have a sewer that's like, what i'm saying like they, our, we're, we're constantly have... telling ourselves we're the most advanced yeah. and it's like something as simple as a wall can put you in your place very quickly of like, we couldn't build that wall. We wouldn't, we, we would look at it when no one would go, Hey, we need to build a wall over this place. Let's do, let's use like eight 40 ton stone. Someone would look at you and go, you know how hard it is to move a 40 ton stone box? Seriously. We look a thousand one pound stone. We live in an advanced metropolis where there are many construction companies. If you were to go to one of them and say, we want a house with full polygonal masonry exactly like this. You wouldn't even be able to find someone. No one could do it. And even if they could, they're like quoting you exorbitant amounts of money because they'd have to teach themselves to do it. So you you see what I'm talking about? You see this giant stone that's cut, right? And this has protuberances. Protuberances that match just like, this is in China. This is in China. This stone was, as they say, not finished, right? Because it's still connected to bedrock. But they were clearly trying to do this. So this stone weighs 6,000 tons. So, yeah, this this weighs, its body is 49 meters long, 10 meters wide, 4 meters thick, eight, and weighs 8,799 tons. The steel's head is 10 meters, blah, blah, blah. So this, needless to say, uh, you know, eight thousand tons i think the largest crane that we have now will lift uh like 800 tons like the giant cranes that will like build a stadium and lift the whole roof and what were they i mean this is if they don't have any people in here for scale but this is essentially like like half the size of a football stadium like what were they what were they yeah that's really bizarre 
I mean, like, you would At the very least, it's weird. Like, it's extremely we weird. <laughs> well, why? Wh- yeah, like, how? what was the plan? And, and either they were insane. Like, insane or not. It was not planned or something. It's interesting, For, too, that it's unfinished. Well, forget all forget all of the what were they going to do with it. The fact is that whoever was building this was using the same technology that those other giant stones were used. So the stones essentially were getting bigger and bigger and bigger until whatever society was doing it collapsed because yeah. they stopped and you get things like this that tells you they didn't finish what they were working on. So mm-hmm. who knows? But the scale of this is so far beyond anybody's understanding. It's it's very, very, very fascinating to me that you would have that advance of a society with that ability and yet no record. Yeah. No. All of these cultures, they're just gone. Like wiped very clean. Little, very little written down. But And that is, I think, again, that's the mystery is you have all this technology to build these. And you didn't have writing. And you didn't have writing. You didn't carve your name on it. And that's why, again, I have to get down a side hole, but with the Egyptian stuff, you can clearly see that you can, you know, like those big black sarcophaguses they got at Sakura. They, they're big enough to fit a bowl in, and that's what they thought they were for. A bowl? Like a bowl. Like a full... These weren't coffins for humans. These sarcophagus were for the Apis bowls. <laughs> oh. They're giant, uh-huh. right? And they have... You know, you go in there, and you look at the corners and the bottom of the thing, and they're perfect 90 degree. Everything is to the a perfect mm-hmm. flatness. You know, it's like a mirror finish. This is not... Like, they went in there and used, uh, you know, micrometers and stuff. They're like, there is less than one... 100 thousands of a difference of variation this isn't something somebody hand sanded this Mm. is machined you know it's like you don't get this level of precision Mm. but then the interesting thing too is that the egyptians did have writing and they did brag about a lot of the stuff that they did constantly bragging yeah and this is how they did this and then this pharaoh did this and we did this and this is the whole story outline of it and they carved it over a a giant grand hall and yet there's parts of the there's parts of the society that there's no writing about there's, there's no, no information. information. There's the definitely some records on some of the t- the temples to the to the pharaohs. Oh yeah, lots about. of the there's temples. There's tons the, of some of them. Yeah, but some like, of them there's not the big like the temp the the great pyramids. There's no hieroglyphics inside. Which you know, people, most people do not know that that they just that you know they see Egypt and hieroglyphs and oh yeah, there's no. But if you think about it this way, okay, I'm Ramses the sixteenth or whatever. Look at me, I'm the greatest. Carve my name in all the walls of the Great Pyramid. Ramsey mm-hmm. 17 comes along and just scratches it out. You know, yeah, so what's he do? <laughs> How is it? But then he puts <laughs> his name on it, right? Right, and then it gets scratched out. I don't think it's so, super. Here's, but, no, but you have polygonal masonry technique, and you never carved your name on the side of a rock? Right, that is that is odd. You know what I think that, again, if you're just going to postulate on it, like it almost shows a level, think of the maturity involved in that compared to like the Egyptians who are going around scratching everybody's face off of every monument and then carving theirs into it. It's petty. It's these are, these are not the actions of a, of a sophisticated society, you know, know. emotional. Okay. Let's say emotionally uh, sophisticated society. (laughs) This is, this is the act of power hungry madmen. Like a forward thinking enough society that they have structures that took you know, hundreds of years to build more than one generation. A selfish, self-centered, single pharaoh might take 40 years of slave labor to, you know, whip up a tomb. But to make something 
that's 300 years long of building, that is what Zach's talking about. Not, not just selfish. That's an emotionally advanced. Sure. Culture. It has to be. There's no like to commit to, to continue to yeah. past a single generation. I mean, I think that obviously those times have gone. I, that would be amazing if we lived in that kind of a culture. Oh, this is going to be finished in 150 years. No one's got the attention span. No one does. No that. one. No one would finance that. Like, why would I give you a million dollars to make a project? After yeah. I'm like the Great Wall of China was built out of fear. I mean, fear lasts. Right. So it took a thousand years to make, but they were just afraid of the Mongols. And okay, we're still afraid. We're still building on it. But I don't think an ancient pyramid, whether it's Giza or, or other, there are many around the world, was built out of fear. It doesn't seem like fear. No, it's not a fortress. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't hide enough people in there mm-hmm. to make it that people would very quickly be like, hey, you can only fit like 20 people in here. Right? There's a million of us. Well, I don't want to build that, you know. So here's another one. This is the one of the largest liberated stones. Now, it's still near the quarry, but it was completely finished, and it was moved of a short ways but there was this is about the size of this the stones that are this is slightly larger in dimension but very similar to the trilophon stones that are underneath the temple wow i'm having a hard time (laughs) the temple of jupiter so this is in lebanon and uh it was so i'll just read it so it says all those this is baalbek is quarried where the stone used in the temples were cut a huge block considered to be the largest hewn stone in the world Another ancient stone nearby sits where it was cut almost 2,000 years ago, and it weighs 1,000 tons. So It looks like a giant doorstop. It's just it's <laughs> a, a giant plane. rectangle. It's yeah. just a plane. It's yeah. a wedge. It's a giant wedge, but it is a solid piece. Right. And so this one, unlike the other one, was completely finished carved, and they found, like, for the longest time, it was buried up to here, and then finally somebody cared enough to dig it out and go, what the heck is this? And then that's when they realized this is a fully carved stone what you know what hewn means right like when bow you know this has been worked essentially so obviously this didn't naturally form so they mm-hmm. cut faces and on you it say liberated means that it's not part of the bedrock it's, been, it's been lifted disconnected yep so again slightly smaller the other one is eight times as size or almost nine times as big as this but this one they actually were able to move they dressed it you know they clearly had an intention for it like i said it's only slightly larger than the ones that they know moved and were put in place and built temples on top of. So it's like most people are in awe of the temple, but they don't realize that somebody built this giant platform out of stone. They didn't just level the ground and build the thing. You know, there's nothing that shows what's left of how they did this. And even if they did, like they put the Hills back in place, you know, it's like, you need some, if you were going to have some big, you know, crane thing or pulleys or whatever, you would have had to have, places to put them, you know, essentially. And it was, I I never thought of it that way. Like, oh yeah, you'd have to have infrastructure basically. Yeah. Let's So really you're left with two scenarios. Either they all, they all individually figured out the solution to this problem all around the world mm-hmm. or there was some kind of parent culture that they all sprung from that all knew it. And then somehow again, either scenario, we've all forgotten it because no one knows how to do it anymore. Not to say that it's the first time technology has been lost in new. I mean, just like what they say when the, all the big news about going back to the moon, right? They're like, well, it's real difficult because we basically 
have all new technology and we can't use the old tech. We have to re-figure re out how to do it. We, we don't, we, we have to, we will, it's, it's, essentially we're starting from scratch. We just don't know how. We just don't um, know how to get back there. And I was actually thinking about this a little bit in the past few weeks. I'm like, because so these people had this skill. They had this artistry and this strong desire and motive to make something beautiful and make something last basically forever, as far as they knew. It's still going. So it's still going strong. I don't see any sign of it going anywhere. <laughs> they had some kind of technology. So if basically my point is I'm kind of glad the record of them, all these cultures has been wiped out because if things had kept going, like they would have figured out I'm fast forwarding, but they would have figured out how to get nuclear flying cars within 500 years. You know what I mean? Like it, and it wouldn't have been good for anybody. I think it would have destroyed the world or so that's why I'm happy that. Well, I mean, we've already done that, right? <laughs> I mean, we're getting close. To I mean, it. as far as like using terrible chemicals and things, that, I mean, like the stuff with right. Teflon, right? They made a chemical that won't dissolve in water, which means it will never dissolve and it will always be everywhere right yeah. and we're stupid enough to make plastic knives and forks that will last ten thousand years for single use why would wouldn't you why would why would you make single use things a monument in itself of stupidity <laughs> yeah. of inefficiency of self-destruction right mm. but i think of i think like they found a way to do just like i was saying like they they, they had a problem and it wasn't that they made more advanced technology. Like we have a problem, we make more advanced technology, right? Let's make a cell phone. Let's make a rocket ship. Let's make a electric car to solve this problem instead of riding a horse because a horse is too slow. So now we got, you know, look at what we got now. Whereas they found a problem and they fixed it with stone, the most highly degree carved intricate stone they could do. So there's no shortage of intellectual capability, sure. but they didn't use that intellectual capability to destroy nature. They used nature to embed it to their will so that they could have something amazing that lasts forever. Like you said, we're, we're making yeah, technically concrete and all the things. I mean, it doesn't come from another planet. We're using resources here on earth, but what do we make? We make stuff that crumbles shortly after we, you know, concrete now, it doesn't even stand up to the standard that the Romans made mm -hmm. their concrete, you know, or, like anything we do make that's going to last forever, we use it in the dumbest possible way, like single serve plastics and things like that. So they could have possibly, if whatever catastrophe befell them, kept going, maybe they would have made technology that was more balanced in the view as opposed to ours, which is extremely unbalanced. Like maybe we would have, I mean, whatever, I mean, that's if you think point. of the technology they used to build those stones like that mm -hmm. or carve those stones, and then they applied that same level technology to other problems, right? Like maybe you make houses that were super efficient, but made with very few resources or all natural resources. Like we're trying to do now with, you know, now the whole thing is making recyclable houses instead of houses that have all these chemicals in them. And when they burn, you know, cause we got some wildfires and things now, houses burn and all release all these horrible chemicals. It was just like, you know, one problem on top of another, but. I see what you're saying, using the natural world in a more peaceful and uh, coexistent way, really. Like where you, you're part of the earth. Yeah. And Working I'm with it instead of against it. Yeah. It I, seems like. You're asking um, it to do it your, what you want. Almost like when you use the force. Mmm. <laughs> it seems common to, um, in the science world, just go, well, we had stone tools and we, there was some nomadic tribes 
and they must have figured it out or they must have had a reason to carve these stones because the natural progression was they were doing that then they figured out agriculture then they had writing right about the same time and, and they're not somebody keeping records once they got all this agriculture and then their records and none of the records say how they did this or why they wanted to do it so you're attributing the building or the carving or the design of these stones to a nomadic culture of people but you might be putting the uh, blame on the wrong i don't really know the term but you're you're attributing it to the wrong society you know i mean i guess that's sort of where um, well, I thought I was going that with the person thing. with the the documentary of the ancient apocalypse is going like there has to have been something before or different because yeah there was nomadic tribesmen that were you know that modern society has grown from and we're, you know, we do have uh, records that come back to that where it's like, okay, this is where yeah, you can dig it up in the ground to and be find... the beginning of modern agriculture. But there's nothing before that. But it doesn't mean there wasn't something before that. Right. Well, then you, yeah. well, that was the whole thing that made Gobekli Tepe such a big deal is they found an ancient site with a high degree of technology that it wasn't just piles of rocks. These were carved stones with ideologies and iconographies and astronomical alignments like these are the kind of things that take people a long time to be able to do this isn't just we wake up one day and go we want to build a thing to our deity whoever it is and what are we going to do well we're going to build a temple okay how's that work and we want the temple to be aligned with the stars okay how do the stars work like these are things that take a long time so even though they found that temple and it was older than predated uh stonehenge which was the previously oldest known human structure then you find something that's twice as old as that and it's 10 times more elaborate. So again, we're finding that the older stuff is more refined. So yeah, there's, there's something with the timeline that doesn't add up. What I want to show you guys is, I believe it's pronounced Scarbera. Scarborough? <laughs> I wish. Uh, Scarbera or Scarbera or something like that. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Scarberay maybe. Yeah. Have you guys seen this? Where is this? This is Scotland. Beautiful, beautiful. It's not that large of a structure, but this predates but well made. the um, predates the pyramids. And so, it predates Stonehenge. So this is five thousand years old, apparently. Was it originally at ground level, or is this just like excavated? Do you think that that looks like they, this, well, or is they it they built dug, into the hillside kind of thing? It's kind of both. Like they, it's sort of ground level, but they did make walls. So it's random. This coast. looks very Star Wars, by the way. This looks very oh, much yeah, like where Luke yeah. grew up on Tantalus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> look at these walls; they're like three to four feet thick, they're, which is extremely energy efficient, right? Yeah, it's using thermal mass. Thermal mass. Almost, there were fishermen and. Farmers, apparently, according to the thing, there were no weapons found in Scarborough. Scarborough, I'm sure. Scarborough, sorry. For any Scottish listeners out there, Scarborough. Uh, sorry, I'm pronouncing it wrong, but. It's probably yeah. pronounced Scarborough. <laughs> but it's a beautiful, like, it like flows and it's like roundy and like there's all these little pockets. No weapons found in the site. Maybe I said that already. Yeah, no, that, well, that's significant. You know, it like, because a lot of times they're like, oh, it's a fort. Because yeah. the only reason someone would go through the trouble of building something like this is to protect themselves from something, right? Mm -hmm. That's generally the thought process. They always That's everybody's always first thought when they find things. Is it's a fort. It's yeah, a military. Yeah, yeah. yeah, how does it use to defend themselves? Yeah. But I thought just that was a small example. It's not super old, but it's pretty old. It's and, pretty old. And, and it's made of stone. Yeah, and it's, it's very well made. Yeah, I mean, 
it was discovered in 1850 after a storm or something like that around there. And it's on, if you look at Scotland on a map, it's even north of Scotland on these islands called Orkney Islands. I've heard of the Orkney Islands. Orkney Islands up there. It's way north. It's on the east, sorry, west coast of Scotland. Scarab Bray. It's just a beautiful little thing. It's just a nice little example of just old stonework. It's not polygonal, but it's it's pretty cool. Just to imagine someone's life there. I think they said that it was occupied for like 600 years or something like that. I don't know. But, 600 years of occupation. Yeah. That's kind of going into what I'm thinking right now. I've got I've got just an idea for you, Bo. What um, do you think that the sign of a uh, advanced civilization is being prolific or surviving? So say your civilization is only like 25 fishermen and hunters living in Scarborough, but you've occupied that compound for 1600 years. Right. Or you are, you know, the Portuguese nation who went and colonized around around the world, but then they collapsed pretty quickly because they weren't able to sustain it. Well, think about... So it's how much land you're standing on or how long you're standing on that land. I think it's a very good question. What's your measure of success? What's your measure of success, exactly? Wow. Prolific or... Well, the thing is, is they go hand in hand because the the one that... Do they? They do because the one that controls and conquers... I mean, think of Rome again, right? Most advanced civilization to come along for thousands of years and what happened to them with all that advanced technology that they had. They had plumbing, they had sophistication, they invent, you know, they have the Senate and they have socially advanced... Uh, architecturally advanced engineering, aqueducts, all these things. And what happened to them? Well, they're not around anymore. Well, they were destroyed by the Hun, the barbarians. They came and just smashed it all, set it on fire. Would you consider their society more advanced because they were able to destroy Rome? Hmm. No, exactly. I don't think. I don't think the next society is more advanced. It's just a timing thing. It's like when you break up with someone and you're depressed and you want to kill yourself. <laughs> they're, they're kicking them while they're down. Yeah, they're just really low at that point. And someone else comes along and just, like, not destroys mm-hmm. you, but, like, you're in a relationship with someone else. It's just it's just the next thing. I don't think that's a sign of To me, I think success. it's far more you, successful yeah. and far more beautiful or admirable of a nation to be quietly turning your wheels and creating happy citizens for hundreds of generations untouched rather than expanding wildly coming up with bizarre technologies Mm -hmm. creating plastic forks you know clogging the ocean and then collapsing on yourself and dying what's to brag about that i think you're exactly right i I would would rather quietly toil than burn out you know and and burn the forest down yeah you like that question begs the question what was the what was a person living in scarborough like i bet it was a nice quiet (laughs) stress-free life for a very long time yeah you got 600 years to work with like you don't know they probably weren't that afraid of the edge of the forest right (laughs) i mean somewhat they were definitely somewhat afraid they believed some things like this is probably monsters in the dark brazilian jetpack gold miners (laughs) they're on to us they're not gonna what we're talking about though that didn't that that part didn't record they're not gonna know about the brazilian jetpack gold miners people if you're listening if you've made it this far google brazilian jetpack gold miners it's a rabbit hole you'll you'll thank us later or you'll not thank us later or you'll you'll hate us and you're (laughs) smashing computer and (laughs) it but that question that i came up with goes hand in hand with 
an idea that I've been thinking about for a long time of like, just because humans are advancing doesn't mean that we are better. I think that some of the most positive human cultures have been nomadic tribes that live 100% in sync with their environment, with their ecosystem, mm-hmm. where totally they move to where the food is. And when the food is depleted there or the season changes to the point where it's not comfortable anymore, they move to a better place. And then it gives that place a chance to regenerate, regrow veggies and um, oh, wildlife comes back. They move around and come back to it and they're living fully in sync with their environment. Either they had almost no sense of an economy that they needed to be maintained almost no government no way to make money because they didn't know what money was or it's, the, the idea is very abstract they're all bartering money had well, to buy it's, it's a self-regulating money is a control they, structure of the modern man they could only go. have as many babies as they could feed or yeah yeah exactly and they could only keep as many people as they could keep so it's self-regulating and yeah. yeah, every human death is a tragedy, sure. but it doesn't mean that for thousands of years of human history, it didn't just commonly happen that people would die. Yeah, It's just in the last hundred years that we've gone, we're saving everybody, every single person. <laughs> I know what you mean. That seems dark, but I, I mean, for no, most of human mean. history, it's just been like, well, uh, like, well you weren't that strong. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we were strong survive. Okay, so I wanted to take a little... A little stroll around the world here as far as to give context for the next thing i want to talk about okay so what was life like a thousand and a thousand bc one thousand bc yeah before Christ. so so that, yep bc so this is as far as bible chronology this is the time of david he becomes king all right mm-hmm. so just that for, we'll put that marker in time mm-hmm. there are some uh, this is the start of the iron age so they had iron they had iron but they didn't have i mean steel doesn't come along a lot later iron is you know but they don't have bronze or copper because iron is a a single ore that gets melted down and then copper is an alloy you know so like or bronze is an alloy different copper and tin or whatever (laughs) so that's later also in a thousand bc first large civilizations and in india uh, the assyrians started to conquer neighboring world or neighboring cultures so Assyrians, you know with language and things like that Let's see, I'm trying to find some stuff that's not based around the Middle East, but that's where a lot of the culture was at the time. Well, that's where a lot of the record keeping was. Yeah, they, they had those were the first they had the language. language. So that's yeah. where the record keeping was, but it doesn't mean that other cultures weren't doing anything. Rice is cultivated for the first time in ancient Japan in 1000 BC. Really? Yeah, just to, let's see, what else do we got? I'm just literally just hitting the high points here, but just to give you an idea of what level of sophistication we were at. But I don't think it's a gen, you can't even say that. It's wildly different from a thousand year china to thousand year inca well that's what i'm saying that's why i said look around the world because a lot of times you don't really understand the context of where this civilization was Mm -hmm. you know as as westerners and us a lot of our history is based around bible chronology because it's really easy to thumb through the bible and have a timeline it's very linear you can Mm -hmm. pick a point in time or look at a chart and say okay that it's not quite so easy you know to to get that information about for us in western world you know to be like what was going on in china in a thousand bc okay that was this dynasty that you know like if we were in china obviously it'd be easier what was going on in south america all these other things were happening and a lot of time we don't understand that this happened here before after that and you know that's mm-hmm. what i'm saying as far as context i think it's important to see around the world what was happening at that time okay we know this this and that right so 
fast forward, 1923. Guy in Turkey remodeling his house. He's in the basement. He's uh, cleaning things up, knocks a hole in the wall while he's doing whatever he's doing. And he opens up and finds one of the most amazing archaeological discoveries of the 20th century. This is the underground city of Cappadocia that they had no idea was there. They found this. This is after uh, this is all eroded now. Like this is basically just like a crude side view of what this underground complex looked like. It held they estimated 20,000 people underground. They had full ventilation shafts because, you know, obviously, if you dig a hole that deep, the air is like you can't. So they had that they had underground wells. They had uh, doors. They had these amazing acoustic chambers that made it so that they had like some kind of communication system where you could like whisper in one room and it would carry all the way through to the like all over the place. So again, just a lot of weird things. Right. And, and they had kitchens down here that this was not just like a, wow, true star Wars stuff. Yeah. Right. So they estimated about 20,000 people live here, uh, under completely underground. And again, they, from the surface level, they had no idea. They had a whole city built on top of this that they didn't know that this was there. Right. And this was all built. I mean, imagine the effort it takes to plan, execute, and then facilitate living in this complex and the infrastructure, you know, like water, sewer, plumbing, HVAC, essentially, because they have all these excavation shafts. Well, where did it even start? Like one person dug one hole and then wow. dug another hole yeah. through it. And then everyone was like, well, well the interesting thing like was that the deepest, Why? the stuff they carbon dated, the, the stuff they found that was the deepest was the, was the oldest. Which, what that yeah. doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense because the stuff you would think they would start top and dig down so they don't even know how they built this thing and keep in mind as far as technology a thousand bc same thing they don't have any kind of modern they have iron though they have iron but they don't have a whole lot of as far as tools. so what are you picturing like an iron auger just like a big a lot of iron brick. chisels yeah that's well, again just attributing this to a simple nomadic society because that's what we just think that's all there was right well there's no evidence to the contrary there's no evidence that there was more advanced tools because no one's ever found one right but we know iron doesn't totally rust away well it does after rust away but the the amount of effort that it would take the amount of effort it would take on even twenty thousand people with chisels to chisel this out it's the desire would have to be so what is the motivation what's the motivation i want to know that i mean this is and that's the question. So the, again, this Ooh, is one of those things that, that, so this is what the hypothesis for a long time was, is they, they were hiding from something. They had to So what hiding. would you be hiding from? Because the thing, uh-huh. as far as, it would be very easy to attack this place, right? All you'd have to do yeah. is plug up the holes and they'd suffocate, essentially, right? Put some so rain fire down As there. far as, yeah, or rain fire down them. As far as like hiding that many people underground, like that's not really the best way to, I mean, think about what everyone else built walls, right? You yeah. know how much easier it is to build a wall than a 10-story deep underground city with ventilation and water and wells and infrastructure and all that stuff? Like, That's fascinating. It, that it, it, it boggles the mind as to, again, and then it was what were they trying about? And then it, yeah, and then it completely abandoned. Just like a lot of ancient sites, completely abandoned with no understanding of how or why they did it. So much effort, so much resources, and completely abandoned. Not taken care of at it, all and forgotten about. It's just so weird. It just weirds me out. And well, it's the I whole like thing of like, like there's so much history we don't know. We always think we know everything as 
as modern people, right? Like we think we've discovered everything. We found everything, yeah. you know, we're, you know, it, so this is another thing. They had these giant doors that they could roll into place to, to, to block things off. And you could like roll these with one hand and it's like a 20, you know, wow. they were balanced. They, they were perfectly balanced. This but is... again, like, yeah, it's just a wild I think it's funny. This is one of the only things that, like, as far as weird ancient stuff. So I was watching a thing about this. Like, now that's something. Like, she actually got interested <laughs> in this. I'm like, okay. I've seen other uh, of these societies that have dug in. And the ones that I've seen is they have no, there's nothing in there. Yeah. They're barren chambers. But they are acoustically tuned. Like what you're saying, where you walk into one room and you can whisper and hear somebody all the way around the whole thing. But there's no tools on the ground. There's no old clay pottery or anything. What is that? Completely abandoned, but also cleaned out. I'm thinking thieves instantly. I'm just like, people, if you have a society that's like, oh, we're just going to leave everything. There's going to, the first people that go in are all always going to be people that steal stuff. No matter who it is. It could stealing be like, is just so fun. <laughs> it's like, everyone's gone. I'm going to take everything. And they don't even care what they take. They're just taking stuff. Okay. But like, it's, are you it from, is mind boggling. Have you ever heard of the Hypogeum in Malta? I can't say I have. No, you'll like this one because this goes along with that uh, the whole acoustically tuned thing. So, inside, so this is another ancient underground site that they found accidentally, but this is a, actually a World Heritage site because it's so amazing. Again, uh, I forget when is this dated to. Zach used the mouse, dang it, Paul Saflani. Great name. So I this is three thousand BC. So okay. what do you think the technology was 3000 BC? Mm. We're talking, this is where we're talking hunter gatherers. We're Almost talking stone age. We're talking Almost stone age, right? So you saw the level of complexity in the, the other one, right? They didn't have all these nice clean edges. I mean, it was impressive, but it wasn't this, mm. right? So 2000 years earlier in the stone age. I'm going to say it looks like garbage. <laughs> it looks pretty bad. Shot at work. <laughs> But like it's they would have you, the only tools they would have had would have been deer antlers to carve this out of stone. I mean, other stone. Yeah, I mean stone like, tools and like I'm just saying that the tools of the time. A lot of times when they find those are like a, a deer antler that they'd have for a pick or something like that. So on a top of chimpanzees on a thousand typewriters. So, so clearly the timeline of hunter gatherer is I think what's off. 3,000 years BC, they find something on Malta. From 3,000 years ago, is something on Malta. Clearly carved. Um, Can't say I know. Well, I don't expect us to know. It's just a matter of looking at things and showing how the timelines seem to get more advanced the further you go back, more refined. Is this the, about the... Uh... Yeah, it's a little bit for human ear. Yeah, so it's... Mm. The, the acoustic levels of of how this thing is laid out, it's perfectly tuned to certain, like, one specific frequency that when it's reached, the entire place, like, resonates. And it creates a um, chemical reaction in the human brain. So oh. it's like, it would it would basically give you this, like, religious experience, like right? Like a harmonic a, or something? Yeah, a harmonic. So they built this underground chamber. 3,000 years ago, of a very refined as far as structurally, 
and then also somehow knew that if they made it just this shape, because again, not to get too sciencey on it, but if you, sound waves are exactly what 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 the name implies, it's literally a waveform, right? So between the peaks and valleys, if anybody's ever seen an oscillation screen, right, like when you see the little green line on the screen, mm-hmm. bumping up and down, that's a visual representation of an of what the, the the sin wave, as far as from peaks to valleys, is doing. So what's important about that is if you make a space that's exactly from peak to peak, that's how you achieve resonance. Oh. All right. So that's how if you were to like, if you made this room exactly 33 inches wide, it would respond to a certain frequency that has a, a waveform that that's how long it is from the peak to the valley of, of the waves. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, that sounded pretty nerdy, right? But they knew that when they built this place, like how... I know that because I have YouTube and I can watch the Discovery Channel, right? I'm not wow. a scientist. And you're using terms like Hertz, which is a scientific measurement that was yeah. You just, don't just stumble you know, across this stuff, but there it is. The 1800s, right? And that, there it is, carved in stone, looking you right in the face. That there's no arguing that it, this, this phenomenon is achieved. You could tr- the only argument you could make is they did it by accident, which seems even more extraordinary, honestly, that they would accidentally that seems more improbable than that it exists but those are your only two options either they they did it on purpose or it was an accident both See, of them are you pretty... have to think too that the society that would come up with that also had to have a way of communicating about that right like no writing, an ancient language no... that how do you get old... that advanced but no wiring yeah but to be yeah exactly to be a hunter gatherer and then to go yeah but resonance brother i was in this cave the other day <laughs> And I was humming, and you wouldn't believe what happened. I blacked out. It was we fantastic. Should, we should make a whole thing about it. We could do an episode on resonance. We're definitely going to do one on music, for sure. I think this example has explained or, yeah, it has clarified that these older cultures, it's Someone. not like it's not like they they knew things we don't. Maybe they did a little bit, but they were more in tune. What I'm trying to say is they're more in tune with like what it means to be a human, really? Mm-hmm. Like we're so divorced yes. from the fact oh, 100%. that. 100%. Like we're so out of touch with even our own minds and what we feel. We try and tell like our that. bodies to shut up all day long with yeah. pharmaceuticals. Like, oh God, I'm having a feeling. Yeah. Take some Percocet, make it stop. It's like instead of just staying. <laughs> Your body's there. telling you something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but these people, it seems like, obviously everyone, it's all relative. So it's hard to describe like why they did something specifically or why they didn't or why yeah, because we're looking at things. it so removed like, we're looking at we, it through our lens and our true. lens only goes to like think about how long your attention span is for one of your projects a week two weeks yeah Hopefully i mean for me same thing like if i months, if i can yeah. maybe carve out a little bit of time to think about the thing that i want to think about now picture yourself as a, a person who literally it's only about getting enough food to survive till tomorrow. And the rest of the day, you can just kind of sit quietly and hum to yourself yeah. in but a cave like and go, mm, but we oh, I hit like an exact note. Yeah. I'm going to do that again all day long yeah. for weeks on end. <laughs> but think about back then, like they would have you, you know, science, mainstream history would have you believe that all day, every day was strictly just trying to survive, right? This level of... You know, I'm sure you've heard the thing is like you don't get specialists until you've mastered all your other problems, right? There's not a guy who has That's enough true. free time to be a Leonardo da Vinci until he doesn't have to worry about getting food anymore. He's spending zero time on food. He has so yeah. much mental bandwidth because he's not worrying about food or shelter or anything that he's doing all these amazing things. And that's how you get something like this. If someone doesn't just go, 
dig a hole. Why? Because I want to make a resonance chamber and I make it 30. Like, no, you, you, you're so that there's 10 more steps before that you got to yeah. think about to get to something like yeah. this. I mean, like what you said with technology, if, if somebody said, I want to make a chamber today and I want it to have this amazing resonance, we could do it. I mean, I just explained how to do it, right? Like we know how to do it, but would anybody sit and go, but let's carve it out of pure stone in the ground. Why, why would we do that? What? No. Yeah, because I mean, it's myopus. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a cultural <laughs> but, thing. No, we could do it too, but we would they, be making it out of plastic 